0: to this. The only time I ever thought that something in NASCAR made hell freeze over was when John West Townley won the Las Vegas truck race in 2015 on fuel mileage. Well, hell has another reason to freeze over, and we're going to talk about it today. Or I'm going to talk about it today. This is Pastimes. Everybody and welcome to today's episode of the Past Times Podcast. This is episode twenty-nine. I am Mary. You know me as Ultimate Twenty-Three Dragon, and I'm going solo this week. Uh, Caitlin is still taking care of things for her Tuesday tasting stuff. Alex is celebrating his graduation, so I promise you this will not be seven hours. Yay! So let's get right into hot laps. So, uh, the previous week was the Atlanta Knoxville atrocity. Yeah, when the Cup race in this era has the best race of the week in terms of NASCAR, that's not a good week. It really isn't. So, uh, the Atlanta Cup race was won by Kurt Busch. In a battle of the Bush brothers, so okay, with a potential little help from Ross Chastain and Kyle Busch saying, "Yeah, 2015 is definitely the hypocritical moment in terms of Kyle in that one." So, uh, in terms of the drivers that we root for, Brian Blaney finished fifth, Chase Elliott finished seventh, and Brad Keselowski who we will be talking about later, finished 10th. So, all of our guys got top 10. Oh, but things get worse from here. The Atlanta Xfinity race was won by Kyle Bush getting win number 100. And two, I told y'all he wasn't going to stop at 100. <laughs> Enough said about that. But, oh my god, what the hell did the Truck Series do to Knoxville? So, NASCAR raced out against Tony Stewart and Eldora, right? So they how uh, they're going to take their Truck Series Dirt event to Knoxville. Sounds great, right? But was Knoxville actually prepared for NASCAR? Was NASCAR prepared for Knoxville? Yeah, the answer to that question was hell no! Oh my god, what kind of friggin' atrocity was this event? Multiple big ones, multiple spin-outs, multiple issues, and who wins it? Austin Hill! And I feel like NASCAR gave him that win. Which wouldn't be the first time with them. As for the drivers that we root for in that series, Carson Hosovar finished his 16th, and Johnny Sauer finished his 20th. Thanks Chase Briscoe for ruining his race! But, oh my god. -mm, mm -mm. So, uh, let's get on to some actual decent racing. Because the uh, only other notable event of the week was the SRX race at Slinger Speedway. And this... uh, Okay. So, Heat 1 was won by Marco Andretti. Heat 2 was won by Greg Biffle. If I told you that one of those two had won the main event who would you say it was? I guarantee you most of you would say, okay, Biffle got the win. No, it was Marco Andretti. In a debatable moment, whether he or another driver had actually won the race because of when the last caution came out in comparison to the white flag. Yeah. Oh, and good news, Billy had finished ninth. Because Paul Tracy is a freaking idiot. <laughs> and the other driver in this series that I wrote for, Tony Kanan, was not in this event due to a scheduling conflict. So... Uh, yeah. Paul Tracy. I said this since the start of the season. Before the start of the season. Get him out! Because <laughs> now he's causing multiple controversies with multiple drivers. And I like the fact that the whiny hypocrite... Decides to rage out against another whiny hypocrite in Haley Deegan, so that's gonna be fun and a half. And I don't think Paul Tracy's gonna get out of it by having a foot fetish over her. Ugh. Paul Tracy is a stupid, whiny, freaking idiot. In other news, water is wet. So, yeah! And their finale is gonna be the National Fairgrounds, and I know a lot of people are gonna be there. So if Puck, Paul- I have four drivers who are gonna be at the SRX event. Four! Of course my two guys racing in the series the one who is being the pace car driver temporarily because he is getting Paul Tracy's ride and then the first bombshell, the good bombshell to come from this event Chase Elliott, Bill Elliott's son, is gonna be in this event as well so the two for the second time ever We'll be able to race together. And the first time on television. Because the other event was some race in Alabama, not Talladega, back in, I think, 2020. But we get to see Chase and Bill race together. And I got a feeling that Chase is going to whoop him because Bill has not had any good luck. Because if it's not mechanical issues, it was the fact that Paul Tracy injured his wrist. Great. And I'm so glad that some people are catching on to that now. Seriously, when we get to SRX Season 2, I want Tracy in the pace car and Benson in a race car. (laughs) We need to fix that. Anyway. So, that now leads into Hot Topics. And the aforementioned Paul Tracy. Because, oh my god. Mm -mm 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 -mm. We've really gotten out of control with this. We really have. Paul Tracy is probably the one driver I despise more than Carl Edwards. And those who know how I feel about Carl Edwards know how god awful he really is. On top of that. Tracy has been causing some form of controversy in every single race this year. There's only six races in the inaugural SRX season, y'all. We're really letting Paul Tracy do this garbage. And it's been one controversy after another. So once again, I think they're going to have to pull out not even a police car. One of those super barricade cars that they hold crazy prisoners in and all that kind of stuff to get him into the event. Because when they did it at IRP, it was because in the previous event, he injured Bill Elliott. And that was bad enough. But now I have four drivers going to Nashville. And If Paul injures any of them, especially Bill again, I want Paul Tracy's ass beat. Because I'm not going to be able to be there because of work commitments. But if Paul Tracy manages to do one more ridiculous thing, I want that Claude punished not only by removing him from the series, but removing him from racing altogether. So much to the point he can't even do anything anymore. That's how furious I am about this entire thing. Like, that Claude having issues with Haley Deegan, at this point, who hasn't had issues with Hayley Deegan? Okay, I get that. Because Haley Deegan's like a mini-me female version of him at this point. But then we're getting other drivers involved in y'all's mess. Uh-uh. And I think I've mentioned this before on Pastimes, Paul Tracy is the reason I'm a Sebastian Bourdais fan. I know some people are going to say, it's because he drove his McDonald's and all that stuff. No, that's actually not the reason. It's a reason, but it's not the reason. Like, seriously, Paul Tracy needs to go. If you want to have an entertainment factor with him, send him to the WWE. Or better yet, send him to AEW. That'll definitely help either one of them at this point. Because it's either heels win lol or steak dinner matches. That's what that's become. Pro Wrestling needs something because they're essentially dead. They really are. Hey, get Paul Tracy in his weird mass Quebec thingy back when he did Champ Car. (laughs) Have that for some form of entertainment. (laughs) Just get him out of racing, please. (laughs) mm hmm Oh, but if you thought I was missed about that, wait until you heard what happened here. Because now, it's time for Hothead. You know, the day of recording this episode is Thursday, July 15th. So, I wake up little bit out of it, because I'm not a morning person. So, I'm getting ready to do this. So, I check the internet to do other things. And what do I see? Austin said to replace Brad Keselowski in the two car for Penske starting in 2022. And Harrison Burton is replacing Matt Benedetto in the 21 starting in 2022. What the absolute hell? Hell has frozen over. For a while, I did not believe that Brad Keselowski would ever leave the two-car. I thought that was gonna be like a career ride for him, like a lot of these drivers. And then they started this Keselowski's gonna buy into Roush thing and move to Roush. I was like, no, they're not gonna do that. Why would Brad go to Roush? And then lo and behold, that happens! right? Okay. But the estimation would have been that Cedric was going to the 21. And now, Cedric all of a sudden is going to the 2 and the DiBenedetto's still getting ditched for Harris and Burton. Why? Like, th- that's one thing in itself. It's a perplexing thing. Okay. But the fact that Brad's getting replaced by Austin Cedric, I know a lot of y'all is going to call it nepotism, but yet yeah, you all are hypocrites when it comes to Ty Gibbs, because hello, who is his grandfather? But if that wasn't bad enough, the fact that Brad himself is leaving the two car, where does that leave Brad? This is one of those hell freezes over situations. And only once before in NASCAR have I ever thought that hell is frozen over. And that was when John West Townley won the 2015 Las Vegas truck race on fuel mileage. Because let's face it, John West Townley's the worst driver in NASCAR history, I don't care what y'all say. There was a reason his nickname was Sir lot. But back to Brad! Oh my god. I would have thought, after Brad had won the championship in 2012, His career was solidified. And he would have been in that too for as long as he was racing. And now. He's getting ditched for Cindric, Which is one thing in itself. But now comes the comeuppance of those rumors. Of Brad going to Roush. That is amazing downgrade a massive downgrade and i said this on twitter at this point brad's career is over it really is because if he goes to roush he may get maybe four or five top tens in a year but that's about it especially with this new car coming out and all the different aspects of that mention Roush is not well known with equipment and also the fact that take away the randomizer races of Daytona and Talladega. Roush has not won a race since 2014. They're supposed to be one of the biggest teams in the entire sport. They have not won in seven years. And yes, I think that Brad Keselowski has way more talent than Ryan Newman or Chris Buescher. But Brad is also not Tony Stewart in this aspect. You think that Brad's going to be able to handle all that? I don't know. Because keep in mind that Brad has had a team in the past. BKR. Brad Keselowski Racing. In the Truck Series. Between Dodge Support lacking... And sponsorships, that team shut down. And with the constant deterioration of Roush, you expect me to believe that Brad can save Roush? A team notorious for breaking equipment and not winning at all? just flabbergasted by this. Like, Cedric Racing for Penske, that was a given at some point. It it was just dependent on what was going to happen there. It was probably going to be the 21. It was rumored to be the 21. Because the Wood Brothers, essentially, is like Penske Light. Like, a partnership team, but it's Penske Light. It still has the Wood Brothers name because of its history and stuff, so cool, but it's, it's Penske Light. So I thought Cedric was going to get the 21. Everyone thought he was going to get the 21. And it still would have been the same three for Penske. And now this happens! Like, how? Why? And I'm more perplexed by the fact that Harrison Burton is getting called up to replace Matt Benedetto. And now everyone, all of a sudden, and keep in mind, I record this. Within a couple hours of the news coming out. Everyone's going, wait, Matt doesn't have a writing <laughs> Really? Like, I ain't getting it. None of this makes sense. The only part that makes sense is Cedric Driver for Penske. Because his father, Tim Cedric, is connected to Penske. But seriously, there's nothing here that makes sense. There, there really isn't and i just i just don't understand i really don't and it's just it's one of those end of an era things and and someone mentioned that racing today overall is coming at an end of an era with the next gen car which <laughs> All the stuff going on with that, and we don't know if it's gonna get delayed, or if they're gonna complete tests, or if it's safe enough, and I don't know. I really don't. But I just don't know where this is gonna go. Now, if Brad can prove that he can do what Tony Stewart did to Haas and C racing. As long as he doesn't make a baddie priority all the damn time, Harvick, then I would gladly take the L. But so far, I have no intention of taking any L in this one. I'm convinced that this is going to be the end of Brad Keselowski's career. And I know some of you are going to say, Well, well, Mary, he's not retiring or anything. He's going to basically a C-level team. Penske's A-level. Roush, at this point, is C-level. The fact he's not a starting perk is the only thing that's keeping Roush out of D-tier. That's how bad Roush has gotten. He lost all his mega baddies and basically nothing. And Brad's one of my guys, and if you're watching the YouTube aspect, you know this because I'm wearing a t-shirt that I got. But this is going to be out of control at this point. Now some people are saying that the Kozlowski-Roush announcement is not going to make until September. So we'll see. Because I honestly have no idea where this is going to go. If he goes to Roush, it's the end. I'm convinced that. I really am. Let's transition to the hot seat. Now, of course, in one solo, to, so there's no interview. But we are going to discuss the end of another track. Atlanta. This is one of those times where NASCAR, once again is not listening to the fans. Earth to Denny Hanlon, NASCAR is not listening to their fans. If you watch my channel for two seconds, you know that. So, with the conclusion of the Atlanta event, it's going to get a redesign. Instead of 24 degrees banking it's going to be 28 degrees banking, and instead of being 55... I just can't believe this is happening. Instead of 55 feet wide, it's going to be 40 feet wide. Basically, Atlanta is going to become mini Daytona. Who asked for that? Nobody asked for Atlanta to become mini Daytona Dega. No one asked for that. No driver. No fan. No person with a brain for Atlanta to be Mini-Daytona Dega. No one asked for that! Or to Danny Hamlin, we did not ask for that! In fact, the vast consensus was transform Atlanta back to its early 90s configuration. That would have been much better. But now we're going to get Mini-Daytona Dega. Like, it's funny that Hamlin says that NASCAR does not listen to the drivers either. Because I clearly remember a time where they said that Atlanta was going to get repaved and the drivers said no. So there's no repave for Atlanta? And what was one of the cautions in the cup race? The track coming up? So no, Hamlin, don't say that they don't listen to the drivers. They definitely listen to the drivers more than the fans. And that was during the brainless France regime. Here we have this new regime, and now they're not listening to anybody! No one's listening to anybody anymore! To the point that drivers are getting frustrated, and are starting to be more vocal. And the fans are more vocal than ever. But apparently, NASCAR is doing the brainless French regime thing of only caring about the casual fans and newbie fans! They're not listening to old school fans. They're not listening to the fans who have watched the sport longer than a year! They're not listening to the drivers, and everyone is pissed off. Yeah, this thing about ousting Brian France, and then NASCAR gets better. The fuck it is! And this is one of those times where NASCAR is having one of those rage outfits, and all the businesses connected to them, everything is self-destructing again. Because now we have no idea what is going on at this point in terms of anything. It's horrible, it's stupid, and it's ridiculous. We are to the point where NASCAR is self-destructing once and for all. It really is. And I know a lot of you are going to say, well, Dragon, you're just being a pessimist like you always are. Uh, racing's the reason I'm a pessimist, (laughs) y'all! Yeah, the reason I've been a pessimist in terms of a lot of things all these years is because of NASCAR! (laughs) But anyway. This is not good. We're in a very bad place right now. We really are. And I do not like it. NASCAR's not listening to the fans. And now they're not even listening to the drivers. NASCAR's not listening to anyone. Oh, and the same group that's doing this with Atlanta is also the ones who did it to Texas. And there's a reason people don't want Texas on the damn schedule anymore. Just, mm -mm. I just can't believe we're getting into this aspect that not only is NASCAR not listening to the fans yet again, and they haven't for years, but now they're not even listening to the drivers anymore. And now they're getting frustrated. It's one of those things, and I saw someone mention this. It's going to get to the point where people are just going to start revolting against NASCAR. Those who haven't revolted already. Especially since 2015. And that atrocity of a year. Like if they haven't revolted since the Chase format. Back when the playoffs was called the Chase. If they haven't revolted since the COT. To which that was NASCAR being stupid with the cars. If they haven't revolted since... 2014, let alone 2015, if they hadn't revolted since Furniture Row shut down, and if they hadn't revolted since 2019, and the mayhems of mid-2020, then they're the ones that have that slight bit of hope that NASCAR can revive itself. And honestly, the only reason I stick around is because I still have two main drivers who compete in this series, and that's Brad Keselowski and Johnny Sauter. Everyone else has moved on in some way, shape, and form. And yes, there are children of the NASCAR dozen who are in NASCAR now: Chase Elliott, Ryan Blaney, John Hunter Nemechek. But it's going to get to a point. Where there's going to be more revolting. And people are, are going to start leaving. Not by force, but by choice. Because of NASCAR's atrocities and the fact they don't listen to them. It's really not a good thing. It really isn't. Like, I don't understand why NASCAR still does not want to listen. Listen. If they're convinced that this fan council thing is working, and if they're convinced that mini Daytona Dega or Daytona and Talladega in general is what the fans want, I got news for you. That's not racing. It's more than just the safety aspects, it's more than just the controversies, it's more than just the fact that you guys want to put on a demolition derby instead of a race. Like the Knoxville Truck Race Atrocity. That was more a demolition derby than a race. No one liked it. The drivers criticized each other on it. The fans criticized the series for it. The Truck Series is supposed to be the best series in NASCAR, and we get that for Knoxville. Because no one knew what to do in this entire thing. But NASCAR's going to love it because it was a demolition derby, and one of their guys won. And we didn't want that. We do not want that. We do not want any of those. And we're to the point that it's going to take a massive revolt for NASCAR to start listening once and for all. The difference is, is that NASCAR is not like other sports. It's going to take something catastrophic to happen. And God help us all when it does, because we're still in that period where people look to NASCAR and see auto racing. They don't go to IndyCar, they don't go to the NHRA, they don't go to the World of Outlaws, they don't go to they don't even go to SRX. They don't go to any of these theories. They think auto racing, they think NASCAR, and that's it. And that's horrible, especially with NASCAR's ultimate downgrade for the past 15 to 20 years. It's going to take something catastrophic to happen to NASCAR for them to start listening. And by then, it's going to be far too late. Far too late. They're not going to get better. It's only going to get worse. And we know that. And now the drivers know that. Because if they're not going to even listen to the fans, and they're not even listening to the drivers, who are they listening to? Who are they listening to? I think that's it for today's episode before I continue rambling for the next however long. I don't intend this to make this like episode 28. That was nearly seven hours because we made the mistake of recording on a Monday. I'm recording on the Thursday, as you can obviously tell. So uh, thank you, everyone, for watching. Uh, quick reminder. I hope this is still the plan. Uh, Pastimes is now being posted live Saturdays at 8 p.m., uh, also, be sure to check out Tuesday tastings. That is Caitlin's other project. Also, be sure to check out my YouTube channel, Ultimate Twenty Three Dragon, for more awesome racing videos. Um, bonus event: the ARCA race at Berlin Raceway. That is fe- the Berlin Raceway that's featured on my Racing Adventures video. They they will have the ARCA race at uh, on July seventeenth, and supposedly there's going to be a surprise name in there. So uh, watch out for that. And if you haven't already, catch what you can of our near seven-hour marathon (laughs) and all of the stuff going on there. (laughs) So, um, that's it for today. And hopefully we do not have a ridiculousness marathon because I do not intend on being on MTV. That's literally the only show MTV has worth watching. And surely this entire racing weekend, will can film an entire episode of Ridiculousness. But I did it all for y'all. So (laughs) thank you everyone for watching. This is Mary. And if you know me, you know my outro pretty well. Thank you everyone for watching. And that's my final answer.